to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome to RLM TV. Amen. You're watching RLM TV Florida Live. This is my husband Brandon Barthrop, and my name is Rebecca, and we are your hosts today. Welcome to the Cosmos. Amen. I want to start out with this verse from Colossians 1.11 in the Amplified Classic. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance, patience, perseverance, forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people who dwell in the light. What is sainthood? What does it mean to be a member of Jesus Christ's body? What does it mean to be a real Christian? It means one thing, according to Colossians 1, to dwell in the Father's Shekinah glory light. And that's what we want all of you to grow in today, to grow in the glory. The purpose for Scripture the reason why we study to show ourselves approved is to connect with Shekinah, Penuel, Genesis 32. I have seen the face of God, it is written. The word Peniel in Hebrew means face of Shekinah. Like Metatron, wow. Enoch in his transfigured form, who is a prince of the countenance of yad heh it means of the face of Shekinah. The end result of your perfect faith of going from glory to glory and continuously being consecrated by God's holy word is that your face would fully reflect Penuel, the face of Shekinah. Amen. That's what it means to dwell in heavenly Jerusalem. These saints are fully wearing the glory of God. What is the wedding clothes? The full reflection of the glory of God. Anyone that's not a mirror image, the exact image, of the outrain brilliance of the light being, Hebrews 1.3 Amplified Classic, is not wearing wedding clothes yet, so the friend of the bridegroom is clothing the bride, those who love Jesus, who have chosen to be circumcised and lived a circumcised life. Therefore, now it's time to put on the glory. Here's what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you all your dead things. It's going to cost you shadows, places you hide, it's going to cost you things that we like to cover up about ourselves. You know what it's going to cost you? All your human DNA for all the holy transfigured DNA of Jesus Christ, which is the countenance of the face of Shekinah to shine forth through you. Amen. So the main thing we need to learn how to do is stay humble, teachable, and get out of the way and let the glory glorify us or glory fry us. Deep fry us in the glory fire Make us your burning bush, not so much on the earth, for that is a bushel that is covered. No one covers a lamp, but they let their light shine so that people may see their light and glorify their Father in heaven. What does it mean to not cover the light, according to Jesus Christ in the gospel? It means to be resurrected 
Just like the lights in your house, they're in the ceiling. They're in the high place. Why? Because the light can only cover from above. If we are a light below, we're not yet shining. So the Christianity of the church age was a light below. It was light, but it was very dim. So it didn't get the full attention of the world. It hasn't conquered the marketplace. It's not ruling the nations. Something else is, the Bible says, Edom and Esau is ruling the nations and Israel's in exile. Why is Israel in exile? Because we don't study the word to show ourselves approved to go into the Shekinah to have the face of the glory of the Father, but we will. Amen. There's an aspect of ruling over your emotions before ruling over the nations as a son of God. And so being mature not having to have the bit and bridle in our mouths, you know, for that control over the reins of the heart. And what we've learned in our studies is that in the night seasons, the kidneys advise. And what are those kidneys? It says in the book of Psalms, those are the reins, right? The kidneys, those are the reins. And so those are your innermost thoughts and feelings. And there are layers of innermost thoughts and feelings but specifically the kidneys in Kabbalistic terms mean Had and Netza. So if you need advice in the night seasons, which is prior to entering into the sun of the world that you're in, the Had and Netza advise you in the night seasons. Shekinah is night, right? You're, you've been to the moon or you're under the moon, on the moon, and then you're still not seeing through that speculum that shines of Tifret in that world. Ahad and Netza are able to give you advice, which is overcoming the false prophet in that world of the enemy side for a clearer vision because the prophetic word heals. The prophetic word builds up. The prophetic word is meant to build you up into the cosmos, up into maturity. That's a mature plant which has grown up into the cosmos, and that takes the true prophetic word. A lot of people think the prophetic word is going to a prophet and getting a word of encouragement or some kind of a futuristic thing that's supposed to happen in your life. That's not entirely true. The word prophet in the New Testament means inspired preacher. It is an office of inspiration. So the main function of the prophet of God in the office of prophet of the fivefold ministry in the apostolic government of Jesus Christ is to bring the inspiration. The prophetic is the daily bread. Because nothing else, it says, pay more attention to the prophetic word, Second Peter one nineteen, so the morning star can rise in your heart and day dawn through your forehead. It is written. So what does it mean to pay attention to the prophetic word? Pay attention to your daily bread. Make sure you're getting your orders down the sapphire stones from the path of lightnings. Nathaniel, you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What does that mean? You're going to see how the bread comes down. What is written? Men ate the bread of angels. That's the daily bread. That's the paying a closer attention to the word that comes down from the Father. So the Father is called the Father of lights in the New Testament. What does it mean to Father light? Father the word from seed form into the full fruition of fruitfulness. Say that ten times fast. Full fruition of fruitfulness. Full fruition of fruitfulness. Father God is fathering the seed into full fruition of fruitfulness in your hearts. What does that mean? The dawning of day, the prophetic word, is what intensifies the Shekinah glory that we may wear the wedding garments. I want to challenge you today. The very wedding garments of the bride of Christ are Penuel. The face of Shekinah is the wedding garment of the bride of the Lamb. Therefore, how do we put on the face of Shekinah? How do we put on the face 
of Jesus Christ, the face of God, and bear his image. No longer birds, beasts, and reptiles of Romans 1, the shameful things of those who have not yet been sanctified, for everyone unsanctified is still unclean, even if they believe in Jesus. Hebrews says demons believe in Jesus and shudder, which means it's not good enough to believe in Jesus. All angels believe in Jesus. What is required is the sanctification to bring forth the face of Shekinah. Amen. And I'm over here just paying attention to the fresh bread of the day, the Penuel. That really struck me. Uh, Penuel. I want to look at that in the Word of God. Here in Genesis 32, so we can look at the context here. A midnight wrestling match. Amen. Who doesn't love a good wrestling match? Amen. Especially in the cosmos. During the night, Jacob arose, woke up his two wives, his two maidservants, and eleven sons, and had them cross the ford of the Jabbok River. He sent them across along with everything he had, and Jacob was left all alone. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a man appeared and wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he was not winning the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint, leaving it wrenched as he continued to wrestle with him. Eventually the man said to him, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob refused, No, not until you bless me. What is your name? asked the man. Jacob, he replied. Not anymore. The man said to him, Your new name is Israel, for you have struggled with both God and with people, and have overcome, or in the Hebrew, you have struggled with both Elohim and with people, and have overcome. And that both Elohim is a mystery in there. There's Elohim of one side and Elohim of the other side. So you've struggled with both Elohim and with people, right, with witchcraft prayers, with people, curses, slander and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. Why ask my name? The man replied. Then he spoke a blessing over Jacob. So Jacob named the place Penuel, saying, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun rose upon him as he crossed the Jabbok River from Penuel, limping because of his hip. To this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle attached to the hip socket because the man struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. And as I'm looking at the Hebrew word of Penuel, the Hebrew, you'll notice, has a double-edged sword. So you'll see both the positive, the Elohim of the good side, and then the Elohim of the other side in the Hebrew. It always has both, usually has both meanings in there. Some words is specifically only to Yadhe but the majority of words in the Hebrew, you'll notice, you'll see both the positive and the negative. And that word Penuel, looking at the negative or the other side, it comes from these two words in the Hebrew, the two root words that make Penuel. One is to cast out one of the words of that first half of the word is to cast out. And it's the right L that is... in the comments today. Something's mm-hmm. being cast out of me. Bam. Amen. Something's being cast out of me. And L is, it also could mean false god 
or demons or imaginations. So when he passed over Penuel, it's the casting out of the false god. He wrestled with the both Elohim. He wrestled with Elohim, Samael, and he wrestled with Elohim, which is a reference to, you know, Bina or Shekinah. One of the names of God, he wrestled with both God and the false God, Satan, and with people. And he said, what is your name? How true. Doesn't everyone both wrestle with Satan and Jesus? And people. Because <laughs> it's written in the New Testament, we wrestle not against flesh and blood only. If you go into the actual translation. Yeah, only, which means mostly. Right. So, which is, this is really... A uh, really interesting thing because last night I did have a wrestling in prayer until the sunrise. Now, if you followed, uh, if you followed our story for some time, you might remember that not long before we came to Florida, I had an encounter with Samael, the prince of Esau. And when I was alone over at the penthouse in prayer and waiting, I knew something was going to happen, and I was going to be strengthened for some kind of a battle. But I didn't know what it was. And I was literally on the floor wrestling, physically wrestling the angel of Samael, which is, you know, Esau's prince. That's, you know, the fallen angel. And it was the most physical wrestling I've ever experienced with a fallen being. I pushed him off and to my left and he flew away. And so then we were coming here. There was an yeah, aspect. I remember that. Yeah. And so then there was an aspect of wrestling you know, to regain what was, you know, taken last night, I prayed until the sun rose and I'll continue praying after the, the sun rose to a certain height at a certain time. And at the end of it, I had this tongues. Uh, I translated it through Google Translate on my phone because I was praying in Hebrew. And so if you're praying in a specific language, if you happen to know what language you're praying in, if you put it in Google Translate, it may be able to translate that for you. Some languages like Latin, it's not going to work because Google Translate doesn't have conversation for Latin. I used to pray in Latin all the time, so that's why I know that. And I used to work with a doctor who spoke four different languages, which are all Latin-based. So she was the only person who could understand me when I was praying in Latin, and I'd be praying Bible verses. And it would always be like, be still and know that I am God, things like that. And so that's how I knew about, you know, the Latin. And if I could sound it out, I could look it up on online. But uh, using the technology, if I'm praying, if I know what language I'm praying in, I can get it to translate. And I happen to be praying in Hebrew. And so they do have a modern Hebrew option. So I prayed into that at the conclusion of the all-night wrestling and prayer. And it said something really interesting. And I believe it's related to that word, penuel that came out today because again we had the aspect of in Minneapolis wrestling with Samael but last night it was it was in a way a um it's different than wrestling with Samael wrestling with God in a sense it's very different uh, but it's in prayer but the word that came out was Rebecca's name is Israel Kitogani, and the first part of that word, Kitogan, is actually uh, a powerful synthetic opioid painkiller. So I believe that word and that phrasing there was meaning healing from pain, right? To kill the pain, to release the healing. 
healing for the nations because the healing of the leaves of the tree of life who will become a ladder right is for the healing of the nations and that's the word that's over this ministry is healing for the nations healing for the hearts how being re-engrafted into the tree of life and so we already had that word i remember the words that came you know in prior seasons that said you know i've become the sun there were signs and wonders everywhere all kinds of manifestations confirming you have become the sun your tifra of your generation and you know just trying to step into that and understand and you know walk and what does that mean what does this mean uh you know for the nations and for bringing people into you know the way the ancient path restoring them to the ancient path to restore them to the father that that rustling is when you know jacob tiferet then receives the new name and that is israel amen so just really grateful for that and for the opportunity to bring more children to the father and step into this new season of greater destiny and that was one of the other words that we received we will be more whether it is destiny or not because we are ascending above the Mas- the mazal above the mazalot and that is the path of enoch amen glory to our father's name amen so it's about the nations it's the heart of the father and each one of us can do our part as we're transformed inwardly it's a huge assignment It'll take thousands of souls. The most important thing you can do is go after circumcision. Jesus Christ said it's not as important to go after the gifts or to go after the power working miracles. We want all those things. We want those in operation. But he says the most important thing in the gospel is to go after knowing him. You can only know Christ in you through the circumcision of heart. A lot of people, the Bible says that spirits can come back and then separate them again after they experience union. Okay, There is, is uh, an understanding that we need during these times of coming out of Babylon the Great and destroying Babylon the Great, that the spirits are constantly messing with everyone. Okay, Now the Holy Spirit's always messing with everyone too. Okay, So the Holy Spirit is winning. The Holy Spirit's God. The Holy Spirit's more powerful than every other spirit. But there is free will in the soul of men and women. So we get to choose what spirit, and it's not just one spirit because there'll be a lot of holy angels and there'll be a lot of unholy angels, as is written in Job 38, 7. When the morning stars, angels sang together and all the sons of God, Elohim, shouted for joy. So when the sons of God shout for joy, the sons of Satan mourn and lament and they're having a very, very hard time. So there is a love for righteousness, a hatred for wickedness, so God, your God, can anoint you with the oil of joy beyond your fellow companions. The oil of joy is the glory. As is written, Jesus Christ endured the shame to enter the joy. He entered the glory of the Father. So this is your breakthrough that you hate wickedness and love righteousness so that you may be anointed upon your head with the fresh oil of glory to do the will of your Father in heaven, that there may be a separation from you and Babylon the Great. Now, you need to understand the realms that you're being separated from and going into. So it's not just, oh, I don't understand any of these things. There's such advanced spiritual 
things, but you need the understanding of what exactly they are. They're cities. Babylon's called a city. There's commerce. There's marketplace. There's people. There's every aspect of life in a city to sustain life in city Babylon. Now there's city heavenly Jerusalem. And in Revelation, it boils down to two cities. You say you might live in Chicago, or you might live in New York or Los Angeles. The Bible says, well, you do. But in the real eternal realm, there's only two cities that all souls are citizens in. The most deceptive thing the Bible says are the Christians that are still citizens in the city of Babylon, in the world. So those that are circumcised of heart, that's what it means to change your citizenship. Hebrews chapter 12 says, those whose citizenship is in heaven, in the heavenly Jerusalem. We need a change of citizenship from earth and worldly and natural cultures into the supernatural culture of the heavenly Jerusalem that's purchased through Jesus Christ working in our hearts. Sanctification is a change of citizenship. It's a change of identity. It's a change of character. It's a change of thought life, word life, action life. Everything about you changes. You are being engrafted into a city. The tree of life is the city of heavenly Jerusalem where everyone acts like Jesus and all the angels obey Jesus. And thinks like Jesus and Amen. feels like Jesus. Don't you want to feel like Jesus? Feels? Hey, no one feels better than the Lord. It is written in Hebrews. He entered the fullness of perfect joy. Now that's what we draw from. That's where our food comes from. That's how we get our encouragement. If we are drawn from any other source for encouragement, we're deceived. We need to drink from the river of life. There's the tonic for the nations, the river of life in Revelation 22. It's the drinking of the word of God. It's called the water of the word. What makes it crystal clear and sparkling and full of light? The sparks. That's the light that comes out of the water of the word. That's the living water. Mm -hmm. So the living water is the daily bread that comes down from the very the throne water. of the king of Israel. You need to get washed. If you don't wash, you begin to smell. And you begin to draw other things into that smell. Insects, foul birds, beasts of the field. The, the Bible says they'll nest in you. They begin to have different things develop in the mindsets. This is how strongholds are formed. How is a stronghold formed? In a person's soul because they're not washed in the water of the mm -hmm. word each morning. All strongholds, all giants, all unholy nations and by that i mean the spiritual nations of the enemy's side are all annihilated at once in a flood in a flood all strongholds are destroyed in a flood all enemies of yarevave are destroyed and all that requires all it requires is you to stay inside the ark now the water the living waters flowing down there's a higher source even then the world of the Sephirot and the seventh heaven going beyond above sapphire stones. What is the living rock that is higher than I, even standing at the heights of the Araboth, of the perfumed seventh heavens, higher than the realm of the roses, higher than his rose garden, looking down, peering from over his balcony? Where do the waters come from? A drink, a heavenly drink full of sparks. A river full of the sparks of the radiances, the radiances of the name, the holy, ineffable name, Yahweh Vavhe. His name inscribed upon him, 
that only he and the Father knows and understands. A word he gave to David, and when he spoke that word, he hovered above his enemies, and they were not able to kill him, despite their witchcrafts and sorceries. It came from the rock higher than him, much higher even than the seventh heavens. It streams down. Where did the waters always come from? Moses gave us a hint. It streamed down from the rock. And there's a rock in the high heavens, higher than the highest heavens. He ascended higher than the highest heavens. For his name is written and inscribed forevermore. Eternity of eternities and ages upon ages. Waters streaming down. At the same time healing the nations a drink, the river of life crystal clear and sparkling with scintillating sparks of the emanations of the radiancies of Yadhe Vavhe, which is the Zohar of the Ark. Build for an Ark. He said, Noah, build for an Ark. You'll take a Zohar. The Zohar, T-Z, righteousness. It's the rock of righteousness of the supernal highest heavens. Its existence above is the only way it could be existing below in the Ark, giving light in the midst of the storm when the waters, boiling waters, consumed the enemies of God. All spiritual enemies and natural enemies of God consumed in the floods. The floods of the heights of the outpouring on account of righteousness. Even one man in righteousness. Waters, the voice of many waters coming down many heavens. Seven spirits of God reflecting on seven souls. Let our souls be purified as we grow. The river of life streaming from the rock and we will not strike the rock we will speak to the rock i will speak to the rock a message of love a message of love and a message of justice righteousness grace mercy every attribute of our heavenly father my father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name kept holy be thy name my kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and to eternity of eternities, ages upon ages. In Jesus' name, amen. And let that river of light from the radiancies, the sparks, the emanations of your holy name, you are the radiance, you are the Zohar, you are the rock higher than I. Streams of living water to heal the nations and to destroy every spiritual enemy, even in Rome, even in Italy, even in Greece, even in Persia, annihilated by the boiling waters of the flood of your righteousness. Scripture says, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, and the heavens pour forth speech, and speak to the rock so that the Israelites can drink. And the Bible says that even though he hit the rock and did not speak to the rock, the rock represents Christ that gave them the waters. So even though we come in our rashness, He comes in His grace, and He comes in His mercy, and will still feed us. This is interesting. 
Psalm 78 speaks about the rock that gives the water. It's an understanding of how the heavens pour forth speech, how the path of lightnings produces water that is as bread. Okay, Psalm 78 verse 16, he caused streams to burst forth from the rock, waters to rush in like a river. So understand, Bob Jones would say, the anointing is going to come first as a stream, then as a river, then as a torrent, then as a flood. There's four progressions of the coming glory. It'll come like rain. It'll come like a river. It'll come like a torrent, which is an unstoppable force. It's like multiple rivers combined is what a torrent is. And then it'll be a mighty flood. A devastating flood of, to darkness. The glory light of the water of the word that's going to come forth from the rock. Okay. Now this rock was struck. Just like Moses struck the rock, Jesus Christ was struck on his back with the cat of nine tails with all those lashings and by his stripes, by him being struck, we are healed. Why? Because then when he was struck with the spear in his side, water poured forth. <laughs> and Apostle John says in First John, and I am witness of this water that came out of his speared side and how it separated the blood and the water. Now therefore understand that rock is Jesus Christ, the sapphire stone pavement to the Father. So we have read in Exodus that Moses walked on sapphire stones and sapphire pavement to the very throne of God, but we need to understand he walked on Jesus Christ. Okay, He is the streets of gold. He is the stairway to heaven. I am the stairway. That's John 1.51. I am the stairway between heaven and earth. That is the connection between man and God is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So understand, he said, you're going to step on me, which means everything I am, you're going to need each step of the way. You're going to need my blood. You're going to need to understand my feelings and emotions at this elevation. And he's familiar with all the same sufferings we are, yet without sin. So you're going to have to become very familiar with the path as a person. Not a path as circumstances. Not a path as your situation. The path is Jesus. Amen? So where you're at right now for success is understand Jesus where you are as the path. Not looking for it bewitched on the outside. Not some kind of magic wand that needs to be waved over your head. No bewitchment. But simply, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you are with me right now. That you are the stairway. That you can elevate me as I make room for you and get rid of all my ways and acknowledge your ways. What does Proverbs say? Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Which means he will direct you to Jesus. What the Holy Spirit needs us to do in order to go from earthly Christianity into cosmic, heavenly, righteous Christianity, the maturity that's needed to take out Babylon the Great in these days, is to get out of your own intellect into the intellect and the intelligence of Jesus. That's imparted through the Word, and it's our choice how we react in these bodies to a different intellect that's not our own. How are you doing with Jesus trying to take over your soul? Is your soul still in control? Are you still making the decisions? Are you still in charge of that body? Apostle Paul wasn't. 
He says, I no longer live the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me. It's no longer my human life, my Jewish life that's lived, Apostle Paul's testimony. It's Christ's life that's what pouring forth through me. A reference to the rock that pours forth speech. So the rock that was struck, which means the crucified one in his crucified life is formed in me and my speech, my preaching and my teaching is the very waters that poured out of his speared side. Truth anyhow. What are the sparks of the waters of life crystal clear that flow from the lamb that was slain in heaven? It's the bride that has learned how to yield to Jesus on the inside. And all her ways are guided by what what steers the ship. James says the tongue. Therefore, the tongue, the rudder of the whole course of your life, is steered by someone else that's not you in the center of you. So what is sanctification? It allows Jesus to obliterate the selfishness and the control systems of our own intelligence, our beast intelligence, that that number that's in the forehead for the mind of Christ. My name to be written on their foreheads, it's written. Revelation says three times I'm going to write my name on their forehead, but most people are paranoid about the mark of the beast in their forehead, and they think that it's like microchips and guillotines. A lot of that church age paranoia is being obliterated in these days by the prophetic word, but there's still a lot of people that don't understand what it means to be transfigured by the renewing of their mind, to walk in the water of the word, to walk in the glory, and to live a sanctified life, to understand my daily bread isn't so much the rain that comes from the sky as it is the rain that comes from my belly. Out of my belly will flow rivers of the daily bread. Yes, Jesus and you, His heavenly places are now inside your spiritual stomachs. So the transfiguration of the inner man is priority and the outer man will follow the inner man. If the outer man is in leadership, it's lost. That's what wandering in the wilderness and being a member of the dead in the desert is. Now we need to be the living on the mountain and repent from the dead and the dying that are in the desert that have deserted Him. How do we desert him in these days and yet confess him with our mouths? Well, I tell you how. We don't join him on the mountain. And it's the mountain of Calvary, of the crushing of the rock that pours forth speech as the word of God from heaven. So, Peter, it says, feed my sheep. Do you love me? I phileo you. He says, I phileo you. Then he says the third time, I agape you, which means I will die with you. It was an acknowledgement that my inner man, my selfishness, the area that caused me to betray you previously is now going to be terminated and crucified so that I can feed others with the very life of the Messiah through my own personal death. See, the altar is the death of the human being and it's the resurrection of Christ shared with your soul. So the new creature in Christ shares in his resurrection. And the death is only towards the human being parts of us, which is the vast majority. You know, my, my beloved is like a lily amongst uh, death and, and briars and thorns and thistles, Song of Songs says. It's like one thing is alive and everything else around it is dead. This represents the born-again life that Jesus comes in as the smallest of the mustard seeds, and that's pure, living, eternal life inside your spirit. But it's surrounded by death. It's surrounded by the night watchman, 
which is human opinions and human religion and all those false leaders that want to guide the soul after you're born again that most of you have been through that gauntlet many times and you've learned to listen to the bridegroom my sheep know my voice and they listen to me you're listening to not another but to one who is crucified one who has died to the human nature and is ever living to the father therefore we attach ourselves to that shekinah and we are that spirit led any spirit other than the water that came forth from his spirit side is the spirit pretending to be the holy spirit that's not the holy spirit how did we receive the holy spirit guys is it a comforter just so the human being can live that's the antichrist that's a demon there's witchcraft everywhere of the false prophet Jezebel galore. Now they can get comforted as human beings and never have to crucify or sacrifice nothing. And they just remain selfish Esau Christians and their citizenship is still in Babylon. And that is the Antichrist. And most believers, because of a lack of internal consecration, are citizens of that city that doesn't require crosses, daily crucifixion, and a terminating of the selfishness to live the very life of Jesus. That's why they're always complaining, arguing, bickering, competing with one another. Envy and strife is the daily bread of the church of Edom and the church of Esau. And that is where the majority of believers are at right now. That's why it's written, come out of her, my people. Come out of the people that have rejected the cross. Pick up your cross and come into Israel through crucifixion. Israel and the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. Our citizenship is in that city because we have crosses that have terminated our human lives. So we can live the life of Jesus. Amen. And this life always goes into the heavens. Why? Because his life went into the heavens. It went straight up into the sky. Acts chapter 1. They watched him fly into the heavens physically like Superman. Superman Jesus is the biblical Jesus. Guess what? He's turning you into Superman Christians. His little brothers that also learn how to fly in their inner man. First, you'll learn how to crawl in Christ. Then you'll learn how to walk in Christ. Then you'll have sprinting sessions. And when you're consistent learning His ways of walking in the water and the Word and the blood and honoring the Father with all the gifts that He's given you, you can also fly in the Spirit. He wants all of you to bud wings, as is written. They are the angel-like sons of the resurrection. Why? They've learned how to fly. They've learned how to live in the stations of the angels. There's a people coming forth that will learn righteousness that will so drive the human being out of their hearts and out of their minds and out of their bones and out of their marrow that they'll be stationed on the same exact rungs as the holy angels. That's written in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. It says, And they shall rule with Christ over the earth from the heavenly sphere for a thousand years with Him. Only those who have learned to fly now listen, you will be flying on the inside before you're flying on the outside. Your outer man will be following Christ on the inside closely. The pure in heart see God, it is written. Therefore, they'll be looking at God. They'll be getting their daily directions from God. It won't be a guessing game anymore. It's not so much wondering like wandering in the wilderness. It's now directly knowing, face to face, Penuel, the face of Shekinah. The Bible says that the pure in heart see Penuel, how often? Daily. Now what is our bread? It is that light that emits from his face directly into our face from within our hearts. Deliverance. 
Penuel, the casting out of the false god. Amen. Daily, seeing the light of the Father, the light of your face, your face, O Yahweh, will I seek? And where is the place of refuge? In that day of the tenth week floods, where is the place of refuge, the place of safety? The ark of the brightness of the radiance of the Zohar, which is the brightness of the name, the radiance of the name, Yadhe the angel of Jesus Christ, shining brighter and brighter until what, didn't they say, as bright as the what? The noonday sun, which in the Hebrew is the Zoharaim, Zoharaim, the same root as noon, Zoharaim, noon, the light. It's the light shining ever brighter until the full light of day, which is the noonday sun, the sun of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings, healing in his beams. What is that rock containing the radiancies? The light that gave light to the ark of Noah below corresponding as a window. It means a window. It also means a lamp, a lamp powered by nothing other than pure oil. Pure oil bringing forth pure speech. His name is the Word of God. His name is the Word of God. His name is the lightning Word of God, the Word of God. It is His name. He is the radiance. He is the brightness and the source of all light. The source of all light pouring forth living waters fire, water, everything that ever has been or ever will, will be has its source in him. Nothing can be sustained without him. He is sustenance of all, radiance of all, vitality of all worlds. Jesus Christ, Messiah, Emmanuel, God in us, God with us, that is in Penuel, which Elohim will it be? It's Emmanuel will be my Elohim. That's what it means. Emmanuel, God in us, God with us. Jesus Christ, Yahweh, the angel of Yahweh, will be my Elohim within me. No other Elohim. Yahweh, Elohim, Kavad, Elohim. His honor, his glory, his majesty. It's his light. I have no light of my own. It is his light. Learn to be a pure mirror, reflecting light of pure oil, wise virgins full of oil, restoring the life, the light in the earth by reflecting his glory, by gazing into him as Moses gazed, and there was a radiance. We talked about the letters that flew away from the Torah this week, and I think you might be surprised to see in that we find an understanding of what happened. What has happened? If he is the, the supernal Boaz, right? If Boaz was a picture of Christ, the kinsman redeemer, and he said that 
You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilion's and Melon's of the hand of Naomi, Ruth 4, 9. That Boaz bought the parts of the Torah that left, that flew away because of the golden calf, which caused the Torah to cry, Don't call me Naomi. Kinsman, Redeemer of the Torah. Final hey, Shekinah, restored, healed, perfected. Her seat never darkened. Mm. To give him the Shekinah. To give the Son of Righteousness, with healing in his wings, the Shekinah. The daughter of seven. To restore the soul. To restore your spirit and soul, Adam and Eve. Clothed in the celestial garments of light, clothed in righteousness. Zadi, the Zadi, the Zadikim, in the light of the Zohar, clothed in light, pure white light, without strife. When God gave the Torah, the first Torah, then he gave the second Torah. The first one was broken by Moses on account of the golden calf sin. The second set, when he brought it, half of it flew away on account of the golden calf sin. We talked about the first original set of tablets being the better set, and Brandon said, I bet they were the New Testament. So I believe that when Moses brought down the second set of commandments, and then part of it flew away, and then the Torah cried, Don't call me Naomi. A similar event occurred after Jesus Christ gave the New Testament, the New Torah. Jesus brought back the original set and fulfilled the Old Testament through his perfect life and sacrifice, death, and resurrection is how he did it. Then why did he pour out his spirit? He poured on his spirit. He said it was beneficial that I go away. So that you could receive Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. Not just God in one body around us, near us, externally receiving lightnings of his oral tradition, of his Kabbalah, from him just to a few disciples, and then parables, riddles, and speech for everyone else. But for him to live in you as a temple. You are a temple based on the pattern not just the pattern of the Old Testament temple, Old Testament tabernacle, tent. Even the apostle was a tent maker. Riddles and parables of speech of tent making. Making a living tabernacle, a living tent. A living temple to put off the old tent and to construct or erect a new temple of New Jerusalem suitable for the world that is to come, which is the new creature, the living creature, a new creation, based off of the living stone of the Zohar, of the Ark of Righteousness, which is the Son of Righteousness. Don't call me Naomi. So a similar event occurred after Jesus gave the new Torah, the New Testament. Jesus brought back the original set and fulfilled the Old Testament through his perfect life his death and his resurrection. Then, 
When did he pour out his spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, with tongues of fire resting on their heads? It was the same Jewish holiday. That was the day of the receiving of the Torah, Shavuot, also known as Chag Matan Torah. Since Shavuot occurs 50 days after Passover, Hellenistic Jews gave it the name Pentecost. In the Greek koine, 50th day, his rest. So if Jesus Christ is the Word of God, Torah, made flesh, then when he poured out his Spirit, that was the pouring out of the Spirit, or Ruah, of Torah. This gave the people a new heart, or a new soul. A Ruah to reflect his Ruach HaKadosh, the Ruah of Torah. So Jesus came and restored those original commandments, and it came with power, miracles, signs, and wonders, especially through the apostles, who spent three years learning the Holy Kabbalah in the oral tradition of Jesus Christ. He spoke to them plainly, but to the rest he spoke in riddles and parables, so that having ears they may not hear, and eyes that they may not see. Luke also mentions in the oral traditions in his gospel, he makes mention of the oral tradition when he says, as you were orally instructed, something that is alluded to but not mentioned directly. In a similar way that some of the letters departed from the commandments that Moses brought, I believe that the Torah that Jesus bought and paid for were originally perfect. Even when he poured out his Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room who waited on him, this came with all kinds of signs and wonders, healing, teleportation, physical lightning, dead raising, and each of those have been seen in some measure, even small measure, in RLM TV. Yes, even in this ministry we have seen healing, signs and wonders, teleportation, physical lightning, and dead raising. So that was a perfect covenant. It came with all kinds of signs and wonders when Jesus poured out the Ruah of Torah, when he purchased Torah for his people. The New Testament, the New Commandments. Then some of the letters departed again, but this time from the New Torah. In likewise manner, crying, Don't call me Naomi. How do we know this? The covenant left after the apostles. The covenant that was left after the apostles was a weakened, deficient letter of the new Torah. In the Old Testament, when the letters departed from what Moses brought down on account of the golden calf, it became the letter of the law. The letter that kills. A glorious law, but an imperfect covenant. In the New Testament, letters departed it again on account of idolatry and immorality in the church, which we see evidence of in the epistles, and in the book of Revelation's warning to the churches, and in today in this 
year and in these days in 2023 and prior years we see almost every single Christian church worshiping idols and the idolatry of hypocritical worship and almost every single church building made by human hands right now serves Jezebel and not Jesus Christ. They have demons overlording every single one of those churches. And it's true. You can see it if you have eyes to see the invisible realm. They are worshiping Jezebel. There are only two women in the church right now. The bride who is going to come out, come out of her, my people. And there's Jezebel. And that's it. So that church and that spirit of Jezebel is the reason why the letters departed, the idolatry and immorality. It's the golden calf, again, the things of God, apart from God. So in the Old Testament, some of the letters departed. Don't call me Naomi. And in the New Testament, letters departed again on account of idolatry and immorality in the church. And that's clear in the epistles and in the book of Revelation's warning to the churches. How do we know that the new Torah also had letters fly from it, leaving it deficient? As in, do not call me Naomi. Naomi represents the neshama, the flames of fire. After the passing of the apostles, the oral tradition of Jesus seemed to pass with them. The evidence? We don't see others after them walking in the same power. Even after Azusa Street and the return of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Ruah soul, we do not see the same things happening largely, and oftentimes, when there are many healings, they more resemble the healings and driving out of demons of the Pharisees that Jesus mentioned in the New Testament in his confrontation of the religious people. And how do we know it's of the Pharisees and not the apostles? The fruit that they bear is of the Tower of Jezebel. Psalm twenty-five, fourteen: the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. It's a day and an hour of the return of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, which is the baptism of holy devotion that will carry you into the realm of the pink rose soul in the tenth week of Enoch, in the floods of the living waters of the Zohar, of the Ark of the Covenant, and the mercy seat. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire obedience, not rituals. Many fastings and feasts and rituals and services and songs. He does not desire that. He desires a holy nation who will drink the living waters and become as he is. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. In Psalm 29, 5, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. And this is the way. Isaiah said, this is the way, walk in it. It's humility. It's the path of the resurrection. It's that separation now of the bride of Christ being separated from the bride of the world, being separated from Jezebel, being separated from the earthly Christianity that's the status quo. 
and now into the heavenly, into the sacred, into the holy. There's a sacredness of the sun that's going to shine forth in the rays of the word working in your hearts and minds. Understanding the word is critical for the separation. When the word of God, God's very word, is working in you alive, active, and energized, and full of power, it always comes with beams of the sacred sun. There's no word of scripture ever activated inside a believer's temple except through holy sunlight. Understand these verses. Psalms 59:16. But as for me, your strength shall be my song of joy at each and every sunrise. My lyrics of your love will fill the air. So it's that sunrise lyrics of the filling the air with light. For you have been my glory fortress, a stronghold in the day of distress. Psalm 72, 17. May the glory of the King shine brightly forever like the sun in the sky. Let him make nations prosper and learn to praise him. Psalms 80, verse 3. Revive us, Yarevave. Let your beaming face, your Penuel, your face of Shekinah, shine upon us with the sunrise rays of glory. I want you guys to just type in the comments. Let our faces, let my face beam with the sunrise rays of glory. God is going to shine forth through you with his word with sunrise rays of glory. Of glory, then nothing it is written, Psalms 80, verse 3, then nothing will be able to stop us. So it's walking in the light of the word. There is a consecration of the sun when the scriptures begin to work in us, it is the conquering of the luminaries. <laughs> when you are sanctified, what are you being sanctified in? Sanctified to possess new heavens. Old heavens, it's an unsanctified vessel. New heavens, it's a sanctified vessel. It's the possessing of the luminaries in their original form. Therefore, the moon and the sun and the stars will shine forth from your hearts and your minds and your bones and your marrow with an ever-increasing glory. That, my friends, is the swallowing up of death in victory. As long as we continue in the consecration of the word, the light of the luminaries will continuously increase in our hearts and minds and bodies and therefore we shall rule over the world forever revelation 5:10 in that light in jesus name amen amen bless you guys we'll see you tuesday amen ladies and gentlemen gather around for today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, 
a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.